Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're talking tattoos. Ever since I was a kid, I can remember painting and drawing all the time. And I can remember going to watch like movies like The Lion King when it first came out. Then I'd rush home and try to draw pictures from the movie and stuff like that. So that shit really spoke to me. And I mean, I've only been tattooing for nine years and people tell me all the time, like, I don't know how you shot up so fast, how you got so good so fast. And I said, man, go to work. Go to work. I was doing free tattoos for years at the start of my career just to try and do what I wanted to do because at the shop it was like infinity symbols and I mean there's been heaps bro like when Lonzo hit me up to do his full sleeve that was fucking insane I get to spend like five days with Lonzo Ball that was dope you know we order a couple of drinks we're having decent conversation we order dinner and out of nowhere she like looks at me it gets serious and she goes you you just don't look like your profile picture and get <laughs> And gets up and walks out. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. I am always fascinated and just amazed by somebody who is just really good at something. Someone who is doing something, and even if you're not into it, even if you don't know anything about it, you can look at that person and know that what they are doing is special. What they are doing is just amazing to see. Our first guest is one of those people. This is tattoo artist Steve Butcher. What came first for you? Was it art or was it tattoos themselves? Uh, for me, it was definitely the artwork that got me into to loving it, man. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I can remember painting and drawing all the time and I can remember going to watch like movies like The Lion King when it first came out. Then I'd rush home and try to draw pictures from the movie and stuff like that. So art's always been a big, big thing for me. Like even the way my brain works, I've got like a photographic memory. So like I can't remember someone's name, but I remember that face. So like if you lost your keys, I remember exactly what they're next to. I don't know where they are, but I'm like they're next to something blue by the drawers. I know that it's just kind of how my mind works. So did it come pretty easily for you? In terms of art, or was it something that you really had to work at? I mean, I was always really creative, and, like, obviously you need to have a passion for something if you want to do it and get good at it, so I really liked it, and then it was just a matter of of kind of getting better at what I wanted to do, like certain aspects of art. Like, I love realism, so it's always been, like, a, a thing of mine to try and do the best copy of that photo or something. Like, any time I'm painting, you know, I try to copy it to the best of my ability, so that's always been something for me. We're going to give a link to people to your Instagram page and to your website on the podcast. But, I mean, if people haven't seen some of your artwork, it's it's incredible. Like, Thank you, man. Thank I mean, you. it is it is just amazing to me to see that amount of realism. What is it about realism that kind of – that stuck to you? I mean, when I first started tattooing and, and getting into the whole kind of business of it, uh, I was really into Japanese art and like anything illustrative because that's kind of where tattooing started, you know, like hard lines, fill it in with color type stuff. Like, but for me, it was, it just, it just never spoke to me. It was always kind of like, I know I can do more than this little cartoon drawing. You know what I mean? And so it was just a matter at the start, I was working at a, at like a street shop in, in Auckland, New Zealand. And um, people would come in wanting like, you know, infinity symbols or I had one customer come in. He wanted uh, the Call of Duty logo on his arm. 
And so you kind of learn how to become a salesman and talk this person into doing what I want to do, but make them super excited about the idea at the same time, you know? Do you feel conflicted about that at all? Like you're doing what you want on their body or do I just not know the process very well? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I get jealous every goddamn day, man. Every day, especially when I'm doing Kobe tattoos. I'm a huge Kobe fan. So like, and there's not many people who can do what I do on skin. So I can't really go somewhere and get that unless I do it on myself. So when I finish it, I'm like, man, I wish I had that on me. How does that work? I mean, when you get a tattoo, like with somebody of your artistic talent like do you intimidate the person who's given you the, the tattoo i mean it depends if they do realism then yeah i suppose i do sometimes it'd be the same as like a rookie playing d on kobe you know but when it comes to like because i like i like japanese art so that's like it's like a different field of to my work you know like so uh, i go to the best artists that do like hard lines solid color because those tattoos are faster than what i do and i'm a i'm a pussy when it comes to pain bro so i like to get that stuff done nice and quick <laughs> That's kind of interesting. A tattoo artist can't handle the pain a little bit. Oh, I, I can handle. I got a lot of tattoos. I'm just over it now, man. I'm 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 30 years old. I've been tat getting tattooed for 10 years. I'm I'm good. How many do you have? <sighs> I don't even know, man. Too many. For you, when you go to the process of getting a new one, like what what inspires you to get it? I mean, a lot of my pieces recently that I've got on have just been like little collectible pieces from friends or people I look up to in the industry um but i've got like five kobe tattoos on me i've got portraits of uh bone thugs and harmony on my arm um i got my mom and my nana on my on my hands um but yeah like family inspiration and then pretty much just collectible little pieces you're well known for your kobe bryant tattoos and for being a big fan where where were what were you doing when you got the news we're sitting in my hotel room. It was the Golden State Tattoo Expo, which was just last weekend, obviously. And uh, we're in my room getting ready to go down to the show. And then I got a text on my phone. And I was like, no way. Like, fuck off. I thought my friend was just being a dickhead, you know. And I went on Instagram and I seen the TMZ post. And I was like, what? And then I went on to click on TV, put on CNN. And sure enough, man, that shit hit me like a ton of bricks. What was it about him that you think really kind of forged this connection a little bit? I mean, what what did you look at in him and want to aspire to? I mean, when I was a kid and I first started watching basketball in New Zealand, they only play like two NBA games a week and they only play like the good teams, you know? And so back then when I started watching, it was like 97, 96 and they'd play Lakers and they'd play Bulls. That's the only two teams they'd play. And so... Whoever the Lakers were playing, I get to watch those games. And whoever the Bulls were playing, I get to watch those games. And where I came from, where I was playing ball, everyone loved Jordan. And I was like, man, like, I'm not conforming, you know? So I was like, Kobe's, Kobe's the next one. Kobe's the man. And then uh, after that, I like, because in New Zealand, it's NBA is huge, but we don't get to see it like you do over here in America. So I kind of just liked it from afar, you know what I mean? And then once I got a bit older, like maybe 13, 14, I started collecting his shoes. I started collecting clothes, memorabilia, like everything. And he, like I started watching all of his like interviews and stuff. And that's what really got me was because it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. It doesn't have to be basketball. It doesn't have to be anything. As long as you work as hard as you possibly can to be great at it, you'll be great. As long as you try your hardest and don't slack, don't be lazy. 
and just that whole work ethic, man, be the first person in the gym, the last person out the gym, working harder than everyone else. When everyone's sleeping, you're still working. You know what I mean? Like that shit really spoke to me. And I mean, I've only been tattooing for nine years and people tell me all the time, like, I don't know how you shot up so fast, how you got so good so fast. And I said, man, go to work, go to work. I was doing free tattoos for years at the start of my career just to try and do what I wanted to do because at the shop it was like infinity symbols and carpe diem and stuff like that. And so I wanted to do what I want to do. So I'll be like, man, I'll do it for 200 bucks. It's going to take me three days, but let's just do it. And then I got to do what I wanted to do. And then people saw it, liked it, and then wanted more of it, you know? Did you ever get a chance to meet it? Man, no. I mean, I just got my work visa last year, and I mean, the whole reason why I moved here was to get closer to the NBA and to be able to meet him. Like, it's my life. My life dream was just just to shake his hand and thank him for everything he's done for me, all the inspiration, all the, like, yeah, he inspired my entire life, man. I just wanted to be able to thank him and just let him know that he fucking changed my life and made me who I am, and now I'm considered one of the best realism tattoo artists in the world all because of him. Isn't that isn't that incredible how somebody can have such an effect on on someone even if they don't know it? A hundred percent, man. That's what I mean. Like everyone's been giving me crap too because I didn't even know him. Stuff like this, saying to me like, "Oh, you're taking advantage of him of his death because you're doing Kobe tattoos and stuff." I was like, man, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like this is my life, and the people I'm tattooing, that's their life. They loved him just as much as me. You know what I mean? And it hurts. It still hurts today. Every time I like, I'm still watching Spectrum Sportsnet right now, watching Kobe stuff, and it brings a tear to my every time I think about it. Or how did you go from the art background to tattooing? Like, when did that transition take place? Um, so I left I left high school one year early, and I got a scholarship and went to art school. Um, I went to art school for four years, and I graduated with my bachelor's. Um, but in the third year, at the start of the third year, my nana passed away from lung cancer on January first. And that prompted me to get a tattoo of her. It was my first tattoo. I'd never been tattooed before. So I got a tattoo of her. And then the dude who did it was my, one of my friends from like a long time ago. And it was in his like kitchen in his house. It was super ghetto. But I kind of looked at it and I was like, man, like this looks like fun. You get to draw all day and it's like super technical. Like there's a lot of stuff you got to learn and kind of perfect, you know? So I was like, man, it looks like fun. So I just bought like a cheap kit off the internet. And then started just jamming on my friends at home, like, bro, come around, free tats, let's do it. <laughs> and in New Zealand, there's no shortage of people who want free tattoos. So, or like a box of beer, do this for a box of beer. Yep, sweet. Um, so I started jamming on my friends. Of course, they weren't good at all. I was trying my best, but like, you know, you got to learn somewhere, got to start somewhere. Um, and then I did that for the last year of art school and then I graduated and then two weeks later I got a job in a street shop and then I started working there I worked there for two years and just kind of got the feel for it got better at the basics because in a street shop you're only doing like little stuff walk-ins little scripts little stars stuff like that but it, it's a really good base to learn the foundations of tattooing pulling a straight line packing in solid color stuff like that and then yeah it just became like I was broke ass student making like $120 a month on my student allowance, which was enough just to pay for my train tickets and shit. And then uh, I went from that to making like $1,000 a week when I first started tattooing. And my mom was like, what the fuck? 
I've been working my ass off this whole fucking time. I don't even make a thousand dollars a week. You just started a job. Yeah. And then after that, it was just kind of like, I got so interested in the whole aspect of being able to talk people into what I wanted to do and being able to be a salesman that it, it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I started getting recognition online and stuff like that. And then it, it just, it just overtook my life. How do you create that realistic look? I mean, it's just take your time, slow needles, like uh, small needles, just building it up real slowly and just real like high attention to detail. Make sure you don't put one little bit of color out of place. And I don't know if you've seen any of my stencils, but the stencil that I put on the skin before I tattoo, they're always pretty nuts, like really detailed. So it's kind of hard for me to miss any bit of detail when I have that much information to follow. When you're doing the tattoo, though, like how much different is it tattooing on somebody's skin versus, say, drawing on drawing the sketch or painting a picture or something like that? I mean, it's it's definitely a lot harder because paper doesn't move around or bleed or or complain or want to get up and go toilet or go get food or anything like that. So it's definitely there's a lot of variables and everyone's skin's different. Every person's different. Some people pass out, some don't. You know what I mean? So it's definitely, it's definitely fun. I mean, it keeps you on your toes. Every day is different, you know? You've got new challenges with different skin types. If they're like a little bit browner, colors don't show up as well as on whiter skin. So you've got to kind of change the color palette or change it to black and gray. Like, <clears throat> so there's a lot of things to do on, on a daily basis that kind of change it up and make it interesting. When you do one of your more elaborate tattoos, like how long is that going to take you? Depends. Like uh, the Kawhi Leonard I did last year, um, the one holding the two championship trophies, the championship and the MVP, uh, that tattoo took me 25 hours in two days. Ooh. So, yeah, each day is about 10 to 12 hours on those on those really big detailed pieces. And they're usually back to back days, too. So like 10 hours one day, 10 hours the next day. How do you keep your focus that whole time? I mean, that's part of the gift, man. That's that's part of that Mamba mentality, bro. You got to keep you just got to keep your head down, keep focus, keep working. Um, and plus, I like what I do. So it makes it makes it interesting, makes it fun. You know what I mean? And plus, when you get like, because obviously you get more tired towards the end, but towards the end is when it starts looking like what it's supposed to look like. It starts looking really good. So that gives you like an extra bit of enthusiasm to finish the piece off, you know, because it starts looking like what it's supposed to look like. One of the things I've kind of noticed that anytime I've talked to somebody who's very artistically gifted, I mean, can you really explain what you do or could, do you just kind of do it? I mean, yeah, it's just like I, I don't understand why more people can't do it like me because I, I just see what I see in the photo and I try to copy it. Like if this is a sharp edge here, there's going to be a sharp edge here. If this is dark brown, this part's dark brown. Like, And you've got a stencil, so there's not much room for error, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just, it's just second nature. Like I can, I can rap to a whole album of bone thugs while I tattoo and just do it without even thinking about it. You know, that's always interesting to me because I can't, I could not, uh, I can't draw a stick figure and I just, I don't even know how anybody could do anything. I have like the, the exact reverse issue that you have. Yeah. Yeah. My mom has the same. She can't draw to save herself. (laughs) Is, Is anybody else in your family artistic or is it just you? I mean, my Nana was kind of artistic. She definitely pushed me when I was a kid and, like, encouraged me drawing and stuff. But I wouldn't say she was, like, an artist. You know what I mean? 
she just had the the right encouragement at the right times. What from a design standpoint and from an art? I kind of already asked you this question, so but I feel like it's a little bit the same, a little bit different. When when you're looking into getting it or not, when you're looking into doing a tattoo for somebody, what kind of really motivates you about it? Uh, like I'm a like I said, I'm a very visual brained person. So when I see a photo that has a lot of contrast or really nice shadows in it or um, like out of focus areas with sharper areas like that sort of stuff makes me really excited and gets my kind of like tattoo mojo going, I suppose. Um, and of course, anything NBA, anything sports related, actually, I love sports. So like, and I mean, when I first started doing that sort of stuff, like not a lot of people had ever done it, nor had ever attempted it. And sports for me is something that I think should be tattooed a lot more because like those moments, those moments that you capture and like those photos and stuff, it's, it's the feelings you get. Like if you were a part of that moment, the feelings you get inside of like, it's, you get tingles and shit when you just think about it. You know what I mean? Sports are that kind of influential. So I, I think it's awesome. Are you ready for the harder slash listener submitted questions? Of course. What is your favorite tattoo that you've ever done? I mean, the one that kind of blew up my my detailed style was like an Aboriginal uh, Papua New Guinea guy on the side of a leg uh, from 2015. That one blew up huge, and it was definitely one of my favorites. Um, But otherwise, I mean, maybe the LeBron and Dwayne Wade alley-oop one was pretty good. I like that. But see, like, that's what I mean. Capturing a moment like that, the whole dynamic of the photograph was so awesome instead of just like a portrait. I love doing that sort of stuff. Biggest mistake you've ever accidentally made? Like in a tattoo or in life? Well, well, let's just go with in tattoo. In tattoos? Uh, haven't really made too many mistakes, man. I mean, when I can remember when I was at the street shop when I first started, I, I spelled something. I got the words around the wrong way in a saying. But, I mean, that's half their fault because they had the chance to check the stencil and they didn't check it. So, <laughs> not my fault. I don't know the saying that they want, right? What? But, you, no, when it comes to portraits and stuff, I haven't really screwed anything up. Do you remember the saying that they wanted? Uh, no, it was something to do with vampires. I can't remember. But it was like like there was three small words in, in the middle, like in the something, and I just got two of them around the wrong way. It still made sense the way I wrote it, but it wasn't the saying they wanted coolest person you've ever done a tattoo for or maybe not coolest but person that you were like wow i can't believe i'm doing a tattoo for this person i mean there's been heaps bro like when lonzo hit me up to do his full sleeve that was fucking insane i get to spend like five days with lonzo ball that was dope matt barnes he's like a i'm a big fan of that dude ever since i started watching nba um and uh, recently I've been tattooing Gerald Green from the Houston Rockets. And, man, that dude is just the coolest motherfucker I've ever fucking met, man. He is such a nice dude. He's the guy He's the guy that there's that famous video of him doing a windmill dunk, right? Where his head is, like, over the rim. Yeah. Do they ever – I mean, you don't have to name names. But do they ever come in with some ideas that you're like, dude, that's not, that's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like? All of them. All of them. Because none of them, like, you name me a, uh, an NBA player that has amazing tattoos. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I want to get this. Like, and I do portraits, man. I don't do writing. Like, I haven't done script tattoos in a long time. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of artists that are really good at writing that would love to do it. You know what I mean? So I'd rather give the work to them. So heaps of them ask for, like, wings or, like, crosses, writing, stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, like, it's not that I'm too good to do your tattoo or something like that. It's, I want to do stuff that's going to push my career and push my portfolio and make me better, you know, whereas <laughs> I'm not focusing on the little kind of tattoos, and I'm sure other people would love to do that. So, um, Worst tattoo trend? Worst tattoo trend. Ooh, this is a this is a tough one. There's a lot of those. Uh, I'm gonna say miniature tattoos. Yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose of it, doesn't it? I mean, the whole thing is like, yeah, they look awesome, fresh, but they don't heal like that, man. And if it's that small, it's just not gonna last. So you've just kind of paid all that money and got this thing that you're either just gonna have to keep getting fixed and touched up, or it's just gonna look like a little scratch or something later on, you know. I mean, my whole my whole thing ever since I started tattooing was go big or go home, man. Best tattoo, best tattoo trend. Best tattoo trend, uh, body suits. Oh, like the whole thing, huh? Whole body, bro. I love that shit. That's like dedication. You know what I mean? When you see a dude with like long sleeve shirt on and pants, he looks untattooed, and then he takes his shirt and pants off, and this motherfucker's covered. I love that stuff, man. Because it's like it's like a respect to the industry, you know. They're not getting it. Like I've seen fucking kids these days just get their neck and hands done. No other tattoos, just neck and hands. And just so that when they're wearing shirts like that, they can show it off and look cool. You know what I mean? Whereas these dudes are the complete opposite. They'll walk around fully covered. No one knows they're tattooed, and then they'll take off their shirt or whatever, and their full body's covered. Um, have you ever had like a really? emotional story behind one stand yeah, out to you i got shitloads man but this is the problem with the tattoo industry these days the fucking tv shows makes people think that every tattoo needs a fucking sob story behind it and they need to be sad about something and blah you know what i mean like tattooing is not at all like that some some yes 100 percent. you do some memorial tattoos and it touches people and, and, it, and it gets like that but on a normal day basis it's like it's like a painting studio more than more than what the TV shows, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I had a customer uh, a few months ago. I did uh, his dog on him. He was an ex-police officer, and um, he got his dog who just passed away, who was his police dog, and then the dog retired with him as well. And then, obviously, the dog had passed away, and I did his portrait on his arm, and then pretty much as soon as I finished, he looked in the mirror and just burst into tears. And, I mean, it's sad, and it makes you upset, but at the same time, that's kind of what I'm after. That's what I'm looking for, you know? Like, I know I did it so good, and it looks so perfect that he, like, lost it. Do you have, like, a dream tattoo? Like, I want to do this. Oh, man. I definitely do. Like, but, I mean, now since since Kobe passed away, I'm getting to do some of them, man. Like, I've always wanted to do, like, a timeline leg of, like, every big moment in his career and stuff like that. Um, I've booked a couple. I've booked a couple of those in right now. Uh, I've always wanted to do a sleeve, like a leg sleeve or arm sleeve of uh, sneaker photos because I'm a huge sneakerhead. I don't know, man. Yeah, just anything to do with pop culture and sports. I love that sort of stuff. When you look at kind of tattoo techniques that you've learned, what would what technique would you recommend, say, for an up and coming tattoo artist? Like, you need to learn and master this. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a tattoo artist was if you're going to start a line, position yourself and commit to it. <laughs> so that means like if the line goes from top to bottom, 
don't pull it from the start and then have to stop and then restart it again and then pull it to the bottom or like reposition yourself. It means like if you have to move, move your body, get in the right spot so that you can start that line and finish it in one stroke. Because once you learn that, then everything becomes easier because when you're doing whip shading and you want it to go in a certain direction, you move your body, push the needle in that direction and it all works perfectly. So that's my bit of advice. I may have read something wrong on the internet, so forgive me if I got this the wrong thing here. If you had to pick, you go in Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball Z. Favorite character? It's a toss-up between Super Saiyan 2 Gohan and Vegeta. Yeah, Vegeta's so much cooler. He's like the fun bad guy, isn't he? Vegeta's the best, man. I just like Gohan because he's a kid and he fucks shit up when he destroys Sal and shit, but... Man, Vegeta, when he goes Majin and stuff, that shit is crazy. I love Vegeta. Did you keep up with any of the new stuff? The Super? Yeah. Man, I I bought the first season, but I haven't watched it yet. No one else in my household watches it, so I'm kind of like a loner on that. I have to kind of sit by myself and watch it. I'm not sure. I, I think I'm a decent amount older than you, but I remember watching it when it came out, and you could like tune in once every two weeks, and they'd still be in the same place. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's still charging up his spirit bomb for, like, five episodes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll come back on Wednesday, and he'll probably be ready to fire the bomb. Then come yeah, back yeah, he's been days. screaming for the last <laughs> fucking three days. So what's – that's pretty much all the questions I got, man. What's coming up next for you? I mean, next for me, man, is work, 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 work. Especially after after this week, after what happened and stuff. Like, it's just given me a new drive just to put my head down and get better at what I do. And also, I, I'm, I've been thinking, because ever since I watched his documentaries and stuff this week, I've been thinking, like, what's the next step? What's what's after tattooing? And so that's something that I need to have a serious think about and sort out, you know? And it's kind of fun. It's interesting finding out, what, like, what I like and what else I want to kind of pursue in life. I want to thank Steve so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram you got to check out his Instagram. I mean, just seeing seeing the tattoos that he does, it's incredible. It really is incredible. We've also linked to him on the RSS feed that's on this podcast. Okay, now let's go ahead and give John Shull a call and see if we can get him to admit the truth, the real truth. Hello. When you pick a booger, what do you do with it? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so, <laughs> I don't even want to admit this out loud. Go um, on. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, there's there's two there's two separate things. If I'm at home, I'll like I'll I'll take it and like I'll rub it between my fingers until it almost becomes dust. <laughs> and if I'm out somewhere. And, you know, if I need to dispose of it quickly, I might, like, do the old, you know, rub it into the pants or, like, rub it into a seat kind of thing. Wait a minute. Like, out, like, at a restaurant? Because you're not rubbing it into nice pants, are you? No, but, you know, like, like blue jeans or okay. or something like, you know, something like that. You're just, like, I'm not talking about, like, a big old. Like a big honker, know, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about like, you know, you go to like just rub your hand on your nose and you have a little bugger. You're like, oh, shit. Well, if I just sit here and try to dispose of it, you know, people are going to think it's weird. So maybe I'll just do the 
uh, clever, casual, you know, rub against the pant leg. I mean, that's, I, I understand, <laughs> I understand and appreciate that kind of strategy. I don't know why you wouldn't just like indiscriminately flick it. Like I would go with that before I would wipe it on my own pants. But I'm definitely like, look, anybody who says that they wrap it up and neatly dispose of it is lying to your face. Oh. And I don't buy, you ever, have you ever talked to somebody and for some reason you're talking about boogers and they, they're like the uppity up kind that they don't get boogers? Oh, yeah. Those people are called liars. <laughs> Everyone gets fucking boogers and everybody picks them. Yeah. No, I, I, look, have you, I've never, have you ever eaten one? <laughs> I have, but not on purpose, believe it or not. How do you eat a booger by accident? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I know I've done it. The one time, I think I've done it multiple times. The one time I specifically remember was I sneezed and I didn't realize that there was, you know, a little piece on, on my, you know, my lip. And then when I went to eat something, I realized that it just, it wasn't, uh, all of what I thought I was eating. There was a little bit of a, of a slimy texture in there. What did it taste like? <laughs> Nothing. I just, I mean, if I remember right, it didn't taste like anything. It just tasted like, 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 like an, like an egg almost, you know, like just that oh, bland, okay. slimy, nasty feeling. You know, I've never eaten one, but I've been increasingly thinking of eating one just to like, all right, well, what does that taste like? I'm the only one way to find out. Just eat one. I think, I think our listeners want to see a TikTok video of you eating your booger. I'm definitely not making a video of me eating a booger, but I, if I do do it, I will report back and tell people what it tastes like. I wonder if the color of the booger has a direct reflection on the taste of the booger. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me ask you this, since this is coming out around Valentine's Day, and even though we're not going to focus specifically on that, I do want to ask you this question. What is the worst rejection story you've had with a member of the sex that you're interested in? Does it have to be, like, around Valentine's Day? No, just any bad rejection. Oh, man, I I think you know this story, actually, but I'll waste your time with it again because I don't think other people do. And I was on a dating site. And I had had a couple of really negative experiences, and I had set up this like this third and final date. We go to this really nice steak place in Orlando. We sit down, you know, we order a couple of drinks. We're having decent conversation. We order dinner, and out of nowhere, she like looks at me. It gets serious, and she goes, "You you just don't look like your profile picture," and get and gets up. And walks out, <laughs> and I'm and I'm talking about like this is like the the kind of steak place, and I I don't even remember the name of it now. I know it's still there off of Lake Eola, but it's like it's like twenty five to thirty bucks a meal, and like she had just ordered food, and the waiter comes back and he's like, where you know where did your missus go, whatever, and I'm like, ah, oh, we were it was kind of like a first date, and he goes, well, my manager says he's not going to <laughs> going to comp the meal. So I had to pay for the entire meal, which which was like seventy bucks. Did you eat the whole meal? No, I mean I I, I sat there like an asshole, and I ate mine, and then I I had them box hers up, and you know I also got her drink out of it, even though I, I you know I paid for everything, but that that by far is you know the worst regret. Like like I, it's not that I felt terrible. I mean I get it, whatever. But it was like, 
you obviously thought that as soon as you saw me. Like, why did you go through ordering the drink and the dinner and then automatically decide, oh, now I'm leaving? Yeah, that's what's ridiculous about it, right? Like, if you showed up the first date, like, all right, I threw out a picture of Matthew McConaughey, and I obviously don't look like him. I understand your your anger. But I don't see how you get to the third or fourth date and then order food and then do it. Like, that's just ridiculous. We need to find this person and find out what's going on. You know, unfortunately, I think she's probably lost forever because I – God, I haven't lo- I haven't logged into that. I don't even think my profile would exist still on that site. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, how good looking was she? Oh, she was like a she was a, a good nine. Mm. I mean, way way out of the league. But you know, you you never know, right? I mean, you never know. Did you okay? Did you manipulate the profile picture, or did you really like? Did were you legitimately confused when she said that? I was no. I mean, I was legitimately confused, and then. It's almost like she became another person because, like, she got up and, like, she was just in a different mood. And I tried asking her, like, hey, can you at least, like, stay for dinner? And she just, like, walked, like, like I wasn't even there. Like, wow. So, yeah. Honest to, honest to goodness. Like, I, that's how it went down. I, I didn't piss her off. I didn't say anything to make her mad. She just, like, <laughs> turned into a fucking gremlin. Wait a minute. Okay, so the first dates that you had, were they like in a dark room? Is there, is there a possibility that this could have been the first time that she really got a good look at your face? No, th- this was th- this was our first date. I had just been on two other dates with separate women that had been bad as well. Oh, okay. This was like our first date, like after talking online and, and texting back and forth and talking for a, for about a week and a half. Oh, okay. I yeah. see. Did she? That's interesting. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> Listen, it all worked out because then the next date I went on, I met my wife. So there's that, I guess. You know, I I respect this woman now. I, you know, at least she was. At least she came right out with it, right? It wasn't like, oh, I've got my grandma died. Good for her. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I just. You could have have at least, you know, covered what you ordered and then left. I mean, I would have gladly paid for it, you know, had you stayed. I mean, I paid for it anyways, but I mean, you know, at least, at least, you know, give me the respect of, of, of getting through the meal. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, don't waste food. That's really the moral of the story. I mean, I even did laundry that morning to have my good shorts ready. <laughs> yeah, that's, wait a minute. Did you wear shorts and a long sleeve shirt? Like the, I'm like, I don't really want to try, but I need to look top from up nice. No, I mean, I mean was... did you do that? Did you do the shorts and a long sleeve shirt like an asshole? I mean, I guess it, it was a polo. Yes. With sleeves. So yes. Okay. All right. Well, was it long sleeves or short sleeves? It was long sleeve, but I rolled it up to the, you know. To the elbows. You had so a long. I am an asshole. You had a long sleeve polo shirt on with a girl that was a solid nine, and you thought that this was gonna go okay. <laughs> I I didn't know what to think. I you know she she seemed like a nice enough person, and maybe she is. Maybe 
Maybe I just really rubbed her the wrong way. You I don't know, know. Who knows? You started this story out. I legitimately felt really bad for you. And I was like, what is this person doing? And the more you tell it, the more I respect her and really think that she made the right decision in this regard. Like, you manipulated a profile pic, and you showed up wearing a long sleeve polo shirt and shorts. It's your fault. First off, I didn't manipulate any. Maybe my, you know, fashion sense is a little off, but I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I make up in personality what I lack in fashion sense. That is true. Do you remember the time you went on a date? And we texted you so many times, your date yep. got pissed off and left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great that was a great time as, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty proud of that. God damn it, Nick. Are you ready for your segment? Yeah, man. That's <laughs> I feel like I need to give some shout outs after just making an asshole out of myself. So uh so once again, good week on social media. Thanks to everyone who uh, who participated. We got a lot of comments on our uh, top five on Facebook. So here we go. Uh, some shout-outs to Anna, Mark, Gabrielle, Sarah, and Sarah. Uh, Tony Shockrux, or Shockrux. I know I've messed that up, but we'll continue on. Uh, William, Ken, Edgar, John, Johnny, Dominic, Rachel, and Ginger. Appreciate you all uh, following, subscribing, liking, commenting, and yeah. So, so here we go, Nick. Let's uh, let's start off with this question, which is one that I thought long and hard about. Would you rather be tased or shocked? What? They're the same fucking thing, dude. No, I'm talking about like being tased, where the prongs go into your fucking skin, or like walking up to like an electrical line and being shocked. It's the same experience. You understand that, right? It's either way, it's electricity going through your body. It's the same that's, basic that, principle. Like, would you rather I be thought, hit I, by a Toyota Corolla or a Toyota Tercel? Same fucking I, thing. What's the difference? Though, I don't know what a, the second one is. You said is that even a real vehicle? I, I'm assuming it was, but it's basically the same point. Would you rather be hit by a 1,500 pound object or a 1,501 pound object? I mean, listen. I, I need to have at least fifteen hundred one pounds because we know the fifteen hundred probably ain't gonna do the trick. No, not gonna get that. Not gonna move that big hoss. Um, <laughs> look, first of all, I'm angry about your question because it's basically the same thing. But now that I think about it a little bit, I'd rather take a taser. Like I'd rather because you're gonna see somebody at least like, oh, he's about to tase me, and you have a little bit of little bit of knowing what's coming. If you're just <laughs> randomly walking around getting shocked, I guess I would rather be tased than shocked. <laughs> videos sometimes the ones where they go taser taser and then you hear them fire it and the person's just Aah! i do love and, watching somebody get tased <laughs> all right um if you had to run away from one of these creatures which one would you feel more successful in evading a t-rex or a velociraptor oh t-rex man yeah you could run away. i don't think the t-rex was actually that fast if you paid attention during the episode, which I believe was episode 14, where we had a dinosaur hunter on who went out and found and studied dinosaurs, he said the T-Rex was not really that fast. I mean, still faster than us, but not, like, super fast. Velociraptor was actually, like, a mean fucking thing. It was only the size of a large chicken or a turkey, but still fuck you up. So I'd take my chances with a T-Rex. ducking. I think you could outrun a T-Rex in terms of agility. See, I... I guess when I thought about running away, I thought more of like, what would I not want to be eaten by? 
And I agree with you that I wouldn't want to be eaten by a raptor more than a T-Rex because I feel like a T-Rex would just be one and done. Yeah, I'd much rather be eaten by a T-Rex than a, than a raptor. <laughs> a raptor's going to chew on you for a little while. Like, you're going to be alive for a solid, I'm going to say 25% of the time it's eating you. And you're just going to be laying there getting chomped on. <laughs> Fucking brutal. Um, all right, then you have to you have to live without one of these body parts. Your penis, an eye, an arm, or a leg. Which one? Well, I mean, I think I would probably live without the leg if I had to pick one. I mean, obviously, none of those are easy, but I think the leg, you could probably get away. Are you fucking doing origami? What are you doing? No, I was looking at my sheet. Is it coming through that bad? Yeah, dude, you hear everything. It sounds like you're fucking making a paper airplane or something back there. All right, here, let me go on the toilet and I'll take a shit and you can listen to that. Look, if you're in the bathroom, there's only one thing you're really doing. <laughs> I'm a lonely man, Nick. I've been married for far too long. <laughs> this is how I, it's the only place, it's the only privacy I could get. Um, I would lose the leg. I think you could probably adjust to that the most. Uh, then I would probably lose the eye after that. Then the arm. It's not so much the arm, it's the hand. So I would go leg, eye, because you can get a pretty good replacement arm and then penis. Because like, the penis would just be like, I don't even want to think about losing the penis. <laughs> like Theon Greyjoy lose it too. Ooh, like man. not even enjoyment. Like you couldn't even do anything. If you were just like hanging around, you just go out with your buddies. It's like, I don't have a penis. That would just be, that would be <laughs> difficult. You would know deep down inside that you didn't have a penis and just be, um, hey man, I got to go to the bathroom. You coming? No, no, I'm not. I'm definitely, I'm definitely not coming. Um, are, speaking of speaking of going to the bathroom, are you ready for our top five? <laughs> I mean, it's by far the the dumbest one we've done, but yes, I think this is it. critically important. So, our top five is top five places that you least want to go to the bathroom. Top five worst places to have to suddenly go to the bathroom. What's your number five? Uh, an outdoor concert venue. That is way too high for a concert, outdoor concert venue. That's fucking ridiculous, dude. Have you not I, been to that many concerts, like a sweaty concert, especially like a day-long one? That is way too high for that. I mean, I, I haven't. No, I just, I, you know, I usually there's enough porta potties, right? But I just, it, it just seems terrible to me, like kind of what you just said. And then you have to take a shit in a porta potty where everyone's been pissing and shitting all day. Yeah, and there's a long line and it's hot and I guarantee you're dirty. That's I don't see how you could put that at number five. That's a that's a ridiculous statement. Uh my number five is just outside in general. Like if you ever had an emergency and you had to go outside, that's pretty <laughs> it's pretty awkward. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've actually never uh, pooped outside. Well, I, no, no, never mind. That's I have. Yes, that's terrible. Were you drunk or what happened? <laughs> let's just let's just say I didn't poop outside, but I may have pooped in my clothes outside. If that makes any sense. Wh- what? Like you know, I didn't have time to drop trowel and like take a shit in the wilderness kind of thing, like. You know, I may have been fully clothed and still shat, which I don't know if that still counts as pooping outside because technically 
You're pooping in your clothes, not outside. Okay. How old were you? Am I thinking too much about this? I might be thinking too much. I don't think you were thinking at all. I think that's (laughs) that's the overall theme of this whole story is a lack of (laughs) foresight and planning. Were you were yeah, you drinking? Probably right. Or did you just uh, like? Yes, I was drinking. Yes. Were you just lazy? Like you didn't know what was happening, or were you ba- passing out? Or <sighs> I've I've been known to have some bowel control issues. Okay. Um. So yes, we'll we'll, we'll just we'll just end it there. Use your imagination. Uh, for the rest. Um. So. I was doing some research, and my number four, I've never done it, hopefully never will, but my number four place never uh, wanting to have to go to the bathroom is in prison. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, you just generally don't want to be in prison. So <laughs> I can I can definitely understand where you're coming from on that one. Uh, my number four is a fast food restaurant. <laughs> I mean, I, I always... I always laugh if I ever do use the bathroom at a fast food restaurant because they have those signs everywhere that say do not go back to work until you wash your hands. Oh, that thing's just been brutalized. <laughs> that has just been brutalized <laughs> from what's been happening in a fast food restaurant. What's your number three? Uh, at a rest stop. Oh, that's a good one. Are you talking like a trucker rest stop, like one of the nice ones where they got all kinds of crap there? Are you talking like the side of the highway rest stop? I'm talking like side of the highway, like, you know, there isn't a major city for 150 miles kind of thing. That's a good one, man. Yeah, that's a good one. That those are like you walk in and you just hear the flies buzzing like and like you know you're you're in there and like you hear the door open and you're like oh shit I'm dying here we go oh yeah because there's a good chance you're not only gonna get some sort of disease but also be killed <laughs> after probably being you know assaulted of some kind yeah not 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 good in any way uh, my number three is a gas station specifically a gas station where you have to get the big key because you know that's <laughs> that was gonna, my number two really you know that's gonna be <laughs> sketchy fucking plays oh my yeah like i had put i had put you know gas station bathroom and then i was like no it has to be where you have to go to the front and get the fucking key and then walk back outside to this weird ass outside door and then like it just, it looks, just looks like a murder scene I'm going to rank my worst gas station bathrooms in this kind of sense. You can get by with a, like a nice gas station, like a quick trip. That's a nice gas station. Next is going to be any gas station where the bathroom is public, followed by a gas station where you have to get the key, but the bathroom is inside. Worst is gas station where you have to get the key and it's outside detached from the building. Like it's a whole other building. That's the fucking worst one. You know, like, no one's cleaned that in probably six years. There is no checklist that involves cleaning that bathroom in that establishment. At no (laughs) point has that ever been put up there. (laughs) Just thinking about the times I've done that, it just, I just, I'm surprised I don't have chlamydia or herpes. Anymore. Anymore, yes. What's Um, your number two? My number two is just a bar. It's always like, ooh, that's just awful, dude. You know, I I can't think of any time where I've actually taken a dump in a bar. Believe it or not, I I just I only have only I have had to because I used to be a bartender. But <laughs> if, if 
only during like when the bar was opening, man. I wouldn't go back there. I mean, people would, who were working would leave. Like, look, I got to go. I'm going home for a minute. And the, <laughs> even the boss and the manager's like, okay, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, what's your number one? Uh, so it's pretty basic, but I feel like it, it has to be number one, and that's on an airplane. Yeah, that's – I don't – it just doesn't raise to that level of it to me. And But it's I mean, pretty – it's pretty – it's definitely high honorable mention for me. I mean the reason why it's my number one is – I mean it's not that it's unsanitary per se. It's just it's fucking uncomfortable. Like you never know if you take a shit if you're actually going to be able to flush it because half the time it either cuts it off or you have to flush it 12 times. And it's just, it's the, the stall is, you know, there's always somebody waiting outside, which causes you to rush. And it's just, it's just a bad experience to poop on an airplane. I would have to agree. Uh, my number one though, is just porta potty at a large event, any kind of large event. It's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's the worst place. It's hell on earth. That's what honestly, like, I think that the portal to hell, if there is a hell, the portal to it. You die, you get sucked out to a large event, and you go to hell through the porta potty at that large event. Like I literally think that's the gate to hell. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, say you're say you're at an event. Would you would you even attempt to go into a porta potty, no matter how bad you had to shit? If there was like shit on the rim of the porta potty. Well, no, I mean I would just hover. I've had to do it, and sometimes you got to get it done, but. <laughs> I would hovering is dangerous in porta potties. I've done it too, and sometimes you drop such a massive load that that blue shit Ooh. and other people's shit like it plops down in there and it sprays your ass, and you're like, God damn it! And every time that I'm in one, I always just wonder, like, if somebody paid me a million dollars, would I take a cup of that and drink it? I'm about to puke right now. I'm about to throw yeah, up. That's, that's pretty gross. What's your honorable mention? Oh, I'm about to throw up. Uh, so I have, um, uh, I don't really have any good ones to be honest. Um, I, <laughs> I put your pant, like your pants, like five worst places to take a shit, like is in your own pants. Yeah. That's pretty high up there. Um, I also, for some reason I put on a date, but that's not like specific to anything. I mean, maybe you could do when you had to go like in school, you had to go in like high school or something. I don't, I mean, those are all, our, our list is pretty strong in terms of, I can't think of a lot of honorable mentions that are general. I mean, you could probably come up with a specific situation, but in general sense, maybe on a boat, I feel like on a boat would be pretty awful. I mean, to be, I, I've done that actually. It's actually not that bad if you're with okay people. Is that, you just, was that the boat that your dad refused to sell to you and then sell it to someone else? <laughs> that was once or twice on that boat, yes. Thanks a lot, by the way, Dad. I appreciate that. No. <laughs> Poor John didn't have a boat. <laughs> okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Love hearing from you guys on the comments. Really can't wait. Look, keep it. Don't get super graphic with it, right? Because nobody wants to hear all those details. But just give give us some hints of what some of your bad situations are going to be. Like, I want to know how awkward 
nature calling you has been. 